Good evening, everybody. Another week, another shear, which I'm very excited about. We're going to be discussing a, a topic, a very important topic. Psuki de Zimra. Last week we discussed Berchas Today, after this, we're also going to go into the meaning of the Berchas HaShachar, but we're going to start with Psuki de Zimra, which really comes afterwards. And Psuki de Zimra is an interesting thing. It's a collection, a compilation of Tehillim, of Psalms, mostly, Psalms of King David. Excuse me. And um, there's a bracha before, a bracha after, Baruch Sha'amar, Nishtabach. It's a sort of, you could call it, it's called even like a, a halal, a, a port, part of where we just praise God. And it's a, it's a very, very crucial and an integral part of the, of the, of the davening. Of the morning prayers of Shachars. And right after the morning blessings, we say Bepsuke de Zimra, and only then do we go into Berchas Kriyashma, Kriyashma, and Shman Esri. Which is interesting because, I mean, it, it's very highly regarded and, and really integral and crucial. But we didn't we always think that the main part of davening is Kriyashma and Shman Esri. And if someone is in a real, real, you know, he only has five, five or seven minutes, that's what he has, she should do. He should daven Kriyashma and Shmanesri. So what's Psukhi de Zimra? Where does it come from? What is it? <clears throat> so there are many sources that bring down explanations of what it is. And, and the most common among them, I'll rephrase that. That there are sources, right, in in, in, um, in the Gemara and Chazal of um, that we should say these parts of Tehillim of these these songs, these psalms, as a part of the morning prayer and as an introduction, really, and a preparation for us standing before Hashem in prayer. And the reason that's given in many sources is because it takes away different mekatragim, uh, different forces, or that try to hurt and and prevent our prayer, our tefillah, from reaching its destination, from reaching Hashem. There's one explanation that I wanted to focus on the same the same concept of pushing away well, for lack of a better word in English forces that that will prevent our prayer from reaching its um, destination we'll call it and this is the uh, so the safer or Hamer on, on Masechus Rosh Hashanah um, as opposed to, we explains it not just as you know out outside forces that you know with different angels or I'm not sure with different things that can that we can think of, but specifically, 
he focuses it on us. And I, I'm going to quote him and I'm going to explain. That it takes away the different outer layers that that um, disturb and disrupt our prayer. Not on an external level, but primarily on an internal level, from himself, from ourself. For example, when we say, which is Ashrei, which is one of the primary um, paragraphs of Psukhi de Zimra. Ashrei, which we say in Psukhi de Zimra, we say it after Shemun Esrei. Again, in Shachras, we say it before Mincha, in the beginning of Mincha. So, it's um Kapitel Tehillim, it's in, it's in Psalms. Um, Chapter Chapter one hundred and forty five. And it's a very powerful chapter. There's a pasuk there. He opens his hands and, and, and supports every living being. Which is brought down to be said with extra concentration. It's auspicious for parnosa, for livelihood. But for example, you say, God is great and very praised. His his um, his his glory his is encompasses the entire world. and his mercy is on every living being, on everything that he's created. When we say these words, and we concentrate on these words, and we think about these words, we've spoken in the past about kavana, and kavana applies concentration to everything. And we focus on it as, as opposed to just saying it on autopilot. We start thinking. We start thinking about God because that's what this is all describing. So we're not just coming up in front of Hashem. Shmon Esrei Hashem Sfasei Tiftoch Baruch Ata Hashem Adakene Belkaviseinu Atogibor Tekabashoi Fashmakoyleinu. We're coming with a prop with a with the right introduction. You know the tzaddikim they say. That sometimes prepare that the prepare preparation for any mitzvah is greater than the mitzvah itself, and the reason for that being is because when you prepare for something properly, there's no you, you can't compare doing something after preparing for it and after not preparing for it. Right? Imagine a couple goes on a date and it's prepared for the. Both of them prepared in their way. They dressed up. They, as we see, I don't know if you could translate this into English. They groomed themselves. They well, they prepared themselves. Prepared how they're gonna. They thought about the person they're going out with. What are they gonna say? How are they gonna say? Or even a husband and wife that are married for twenty five years. Still, you go out. You prepare yourself to spend time with with the main person in your life. You can't compare that to when, oh, not, not to say that's 
doing something spontaneous is not is now good. But what I'm what I'm what I'm referring to in, when when I'm talking about lack of preparation is when it's not just because it's spontaneous, out of and 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 the feelings of, of affection and admiration are there, but just okay, we're going somewhere, we're not going somewhere without much thought, without much investment of of yourself into it. When you buy a gift for someone, right? You, know, you can buy a gift and something that I just you know because I have to buy a gift, and then there is even a small little keychain but it's evident that some thought went into it that thing is priceless when we're talking about going in front of Hashem and, and talking to him and conversing with him and standing in front of him that has to come with preparation any mitzvah that we do so this psuki de zimra is is, um, is that preparation because we're going in front of Hashem we realize but who are we going in front of so you have a whole Pesukah de Zimra which describes that in such a beautiful, gorgeous way. In such a detailed manner. Every single part of it. From Hoidu till Yishtabach, from till right, Baruch Sha'omar. Every part focuses on something else. And after you really say it, and we're going to see in a minute how it's supposed to be said. And you don't just say it, but you live it. And you imagine and you picture and, and you let you let yourself get swept up by it. Let go of everything else. And focus. And get involved. Then not to be afraid to get involved. We spoke about that a little bit last week. That sometimes we're afraid to feel. To let go of all that. And really give ourselves over. That's a davening. Once we're on the topic, we'll go back to something we spoke about weeks past. But in general, preparing for and the manner of which in which we pray. Obviously, in a night, there are sometimes situations where there is no choice. But ideally, how should we plan to have a specific a specific place where we pray, not haphazardly somewhere by mistake in the shul to have a place by a table by a chair wherever it, however it is to come on time to sit yourself down to. Get into it and to you know be not to be running from one place to the next. I recently had I I can't help I can't not mention it. Um, we were away for a few days and we were in deal. And somebody brought me to a shul for shachar. He told me I wasn't I wasn't familiar with the area and they said oh we know we'll take you when we go daven we'll take you with us to the shul a shul. I've got to give it you know to the Syrian community they really. Take respect for a shul to, to a new level. Really majestic, beautiful, something incredible. And it was real. I, I told him honestly. I said I, have, I haven't had, I haven't davened this way in a very long time. It's set up for the way the shul is built. I think it's Ol Yaakov in, in Long Branch, I believe. I think it's along one of these. I'm not sure exactly which township it is. One of this in that area, Long Branch deal. I think it's called Oh Yaakov. I don't remember exactly. Really wonderful people. I was really impressed by the people there. The you know, just you know what we call Amchabes Yisrael, pious Jews. Really pious, devoted, devout Jews. So, you know, all you know, colors and stripes. You know, but they're all we're all brothers. 
and it was really incredible to see. It was something it was a I, it was a real lesson. I was I was so taken by it. The total devotion and, and you know, davening. Everything stopped. Davening was davening. Yeah. Really, no words. Really incredible. Everything from from beginning to end. Everyone has it. You know the, the way the chairs are set up and the way everything is. Every minute detail was there to make sure that the maximum is brought out of, out of that davening. You know, not to t- and not to take away yet. Yeah, there are many. There are places we have minyanim one after the other, which are incredible because that gives an opportunity you know, for people to daven with a minyan and to daven properly. You know, with all of our different schedules, not to take away from that, but it's up to the person. The end of the even when you have you know, a station, a place like a, a big shul or a shul, where this is where you come and this you have your place and you have your everything is set up nicely for you, or even if sometimes right you dava mincha on the road, sometimes you have no choice and you need to, but it's up to you to make that experience the maximum and to take the most out of it. And there is something to davening sometimes in the woods. Uh, we went camping this summer. That was an experience in of itself. But it's uh, the preparation, designating a place, designating time to really focus, to let go of everything else. This, and that's as again, that's what Pesukah de Zimra really, I think, is there to bring about. I remember hearing. I don't, I can't quote this. You know, I don't remember from where. But it's brought Chazal tell us that the Hasidim are Yishonim the. Very pious people. In the time of the Gemara, they would have an hour. They would have an hour. They believe it's the Gemara and Brachas. They would um, have an hour be, um, before before prayer, before davening, and an hour afterwards. So it's exp- it's explained that the hour before was specifically Pesukah de Zimra, because Tefillah is Shmanesre. The Amidah prayer, as we call it. But this hour of, of getting up there, getting to that place of standing in front of Hashem, letting go and letting God. That was that's Pesukah de Zimra. And when you go through it, again, I always I encourage everyone to get a Siddur with a translation to a language that you understand. Uh, to be able to really understand the word, that it should become a conversation eventually. It should become part of you. And again, and, and as, as he explains, the, the Arameir, that you 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 say all these praises to Hashem, and you think about you, all different how great Hashem is, how how kind He is, how He takes care of each and of all of us, and all the whole Sukkot Zimmer describes different aspects. And you realize, wow, Hashem is so amazing. Hashem is so great. Hashem takes care of me. Hashem loves me. Hashem. So you start thinking to yourself, I'm about to stand in front of Him. How am I? Am I doing my part? Am I doing? God, Hashem, Hashem is so great. Hashem gives me whatever I need. Am I doing my part? Am I? Am I doing what He wants from me? And it's a time when we think, and we think, and it's a part of. of before actually going and davening Shmonesri, standing in front of him, to make a little bit of introspection. Where am I holding? To see, to to get in touch with myself. 
and to make the proper, you know, to improve what uh, improve what's already good, to to I mean to maintain and to continue and to make more what's already good and to improve what's not good. It's a tremendously, tremendously powerful, powerful piece, and there's a lot, a lot to learn about it. So now, how? And there's a, um, you know, halacha it's brought down, and many places how it's supposed to be said. It's supposed to be said softly. Some places they daven very loud in general, which is also a, a way. Sometimes it helps for, with concentration, but it's supposed to be said in a pleasant. Pleasant voice, pleasant way, and a measured pace. Not too fast, not too slow. Nicely, pleasant. It's a song also. Zimra. It's a song. A song has the power to sometimes knock off anything that doesn't belong. In a sweet voice. uh, I've heard, I had the privilege of hearing people you know, not necessarily professional singers, but just it was so pleasurable to hear. It was evident that they understood what they were saying. They, they internalized what they were saying. It wasn't just repeating the same words over and over again every single day. It was a conversation. It was, it was, uh, it was life. It was real. Sometimes just watching that and listening to that is so incredible. And so inspiring. And it's brought down the Orzarua, Rabbi Yitzchak from Vina, says someone who says this is a, says these this part of davening in a, in a pleasant voice, he'll he'll merit Ganeden, he'll merit uh, you know, to go to Ganeden after 120. It's, I always, what does that mean? So I'm sure it means that a per, when a person says Psukhi Zimmer properly, why? Because he'll Think about it. He'll do the introspection. He'll get in touch with himself. He'll, he'll come closer to Hashem. But I, I would venture to say that it's not just Gan Eden. You know, yeah, after a person passes away, he'll go to Gan Eden. He'll go to what's called in English paradise. But I believe that when someone davens in with such a way, it's not just he'll have Gan Eden. He'll have, you know, the utmost pleasure there. But right here on this world, right now, there's nothing more pleasurable than that. When when you do something right, when you, and, and and not just doing right, you do you you pray properly, you let yourself into that world. There's no greater pleasure than that. If we only let ourselves. I said before, sometimes we're just too afraid to let go, let go and let God. So that's about psuk- a few words about psukidism. Now, let's go. In the Siddur itself. Birchas HaShachar. By the way, I want to wish everyone a good Chodesh. Tonight is Rosh Chodesh Adar Aleph. It's a leap year this year. So we'll go to the Birchas HaShachar. We'll do part now and part next week, God willing. 
These are incredible brachas. Whenever I, I, I say, say these brachas right, and think about them, I'm reminded of a friend of mine who probably doesn't even know that he made this impression on me. But I came one morning to, yeshiva, to Davan and Yeshiva and I went to get my tefillin And in Yeshiva, when I would dorm, I would keep my tefillin in the library. And he, that morning, he was already there with his tefillin on. He was ready for Dawn. He was saying brachas when I came. He was saying the brachas hashachar. And I have to tell you, I remember this till today. I was probably, this was before he was married too. So I must have been 17 years old, 17 or 18 years old. And that picture hasn't left me. He's an incredible person. He's a real, really, real sweetheart. Really. And I come and I watch and I'm looking at him. And I he just, before I see him, I hear. I hear how he's saying these brachas. How he's really conversing with, conversing with Hashem. And every single word, it, it just was such a pleasure to listen to. It's something that I tried to emulate on my own. It's like, it's, he got there. He, he was there. He was in that place of, of just talking. This was like, this was a, was such an intimate conversation. Like you didn't want to disturb. I didn't want to get too close. I didn't want to stop that. It was incredible. Every single bracha, baruch, the words, first of all, baruch Hashem, realizing HaKadosh Baruch you are the source of all blessing. You are it. Ato, you, Hashem, which is the name of Rachamim, of mercy. Thank you for and through every single bracha. So now let's go through just with that picture in mind. Imagine someone, you know, is totally is there, enveloped, enveloped, enveloped. Let's go through a few of the brachas to that tonight. Really incredible. Another thing that comes to mind. You know, we said before about Pesukah de Zimra, you know, to say, you know, every word, brought, and Halach is brought down as if, as if someone is counting coins, you know, counting money, you know, you make sure you got, you don't skip, not to swallow anything, not, we don't, not to swallow words, to say every word, to enunciate it, to bring it out. And it should be as chus for my sister, remember from a very young age, she something that she as a child I remember she would always remind me and, and taught me how to say and as a child maybe sometimes you know I didn't always appreciate it but now I do how do how, how do we enunciate a bracha which really once you realize that this is a conversation it becomes obviously how can I say it? how can I just swallow the words when we have a, we don't talk like that to people you know usually just. How do we work on ourselves to come to that realization? But I think that some... Actually, I was just thinking now. When we... Um, when we say the words and when we pray carefully, you know, not in a rush, not swallowing words, I think that itself, as we said before, when we invest in something, when we prepare for something in that way, and we do it in a certain way, Right, you know, before you daven, you brush yourself off. You 
straighten your tie, whatever it is, whatever it is you're wearing, you do something like to, you know, I'm preparing for a meeting right now. Even if we don't necessarily feel at that moment that we're really going, you know, the presence of Hashem and things like that, but sometimes from doing, just doing it, the outward action of doing, of preparing yourself, of saying the words nicely and quietly and carefully, thinking into them, that in and of itself, I think, could bring about that feeling, that realization. So anyway, the first bracha. Baruch ato Hashem, Eloikeinu melech o'ilam, Asher nosan lasech vivino, Laavchin benyoim uvein lo'ila. Blessed are you, Hashem. The King of the world. Hashem our God. Kingdom of the world. Asher nosan lasech vivino, that you have given the rooster the mental capacity and understanding lehavchin bein yoyim uvein loyla to differentiate between day and night. Now, as a child, I remember thinking, what's the big deal? Nighttime is dark. Daytime is light. Obviously, you can tell the difference. So, first of all, now who said? Maybe the fact that we can even tell the difference between that, between light and dark, is, I mean, that is, obviously, it's something that HaKadosh Baruch gave us the ability to do. It could be very light, and to somebody it looks dark. And this is not a bracha that we thank Hashem for giving us the ability to see. Because that we understand. The person can't see. To see, that we're able to see, that's Pekeh Ivrim, that's later. What's this, this specific thing of, of a rooster? I don't know. Once we're going with the animals, you know, why not a lion? What's unique about a rooster? So I understood this really a few years ago when I was in Valozhin. Valozhin, which today is Belarus, which is home to the... This is where the mother of the yeshiva, as we know it today, began in Valozhin. Reb Chaim Valozhin was a disciple of the Vilna Gon. <clears throat> and we were there in the summer. And we, came, we were in the cemetery. This was around... This is in the summer in June, July. The nights are very short. Um, we got there, I think, around maybe 2.30. It was pitch black. And the cemetery there in general is very overgrown. And besides for, you know, unless someone takes care of a specific grave, Rebchaim, the grave of Rebchaim Valojana is, is um, it's like a little bit, made into some sort of platform. They cemented around it so you can, you can clearly visible. It's also white. They painted it white around, so you can, even in the night you can see it. But the path to get there was it was pitch black. We had some flashlights, whatever, but it was... We were trying to figure out a path between... Grass was up to you know your waist and whatever. Make sure not to step in other graves. And we got there. And we were standing by the grave and praying. And, and I remember at a certain point, I think it was around 3 o'clock in the morning... 
all of a sudden, Valojan is a real village. It's a, you know, when we were driving, you know, we were driving Valojan, Radin, Mir, all these, these places which in Jewish history are are huge. I mean, they, these are our anchors. You know, this is where a lot of our tradition comes from, you know, for, from hundreds of years back. But now they still, it's like, you know, we were sharing the road. I mm-hmm. was driving down from city to city. We were share, sharing the road with, uh, you know, horses and cows out to breakfast, you know, grazing on the road. It was gorgeous. We're standing there. It was it was still outside? It's still pitch black. It's still pitch black. But and then, and that was the the you know, the time. There are times which Alois Shachar when you know it just starts starts. You know, the, you can't really see the sun, but it's already the beginning. The beginning of of uh, it's, it's starting to go on the way up, and that's when the. Um, the rooster started to crow. To what uh, cackle, you know, kukuriku. And then, then I understood what you know, what's this bracha. It's not. It's very easy to see, you know. Oh yeah, of course, this is light now. Light, light outside. It's daytime. It's dark outside. It's nighttime. But that a rooster, you know, and if a rooster, then. I, then most certainly a human being can, when it's pitch black, but to realize that really, no, now it's really the beginning of the light. The light is coming now. The light is coming up. And in a short while, it's going to be fully light outside. To already then see and cry and say, oh, that's it. It's time to get up. It's time to accomplish. It's time to go. It's time to, it's time to do, not to give up. Something this dark. Oh, what can I accomplish in the darkness? That's it. I'm done. Forget it. No, the light is coming. But it looks so dark. No, but I'm telling you it's there. I see it through the darkness. That's what we're praising for. Hashem, thank you for giving us that power, that ability. Gave it to the rooster. Most certainly a human being can see that as well. That's that. The next bracha. Next bracha goes like this. Baruch Atah Hashem, blessed are you Hashem, Elokeinu our God, Melech Olam, the King of the World, Shaloi Osani Goy. Now this is what do you mean? Thank Hashem for the. Why are we thanking Hashem for that? For making us Jews. Right? Somebody could say, oh, racist. We're better, we're this, we're that. So the truth is, first of all, we are higher. The fact is, we were, we were chosen by God. And a Jew needs to realize this. Not in a way to put someone else down. Quite the contrary. It's just to bring us up to realize our... For us to realize what we are. It's not us raising ourselves or lowering ourselves. The fact is we are higher. The fact is we are God's chosen people. The fact is we are His children in a, in a very intimate fashion. More than the rest of the world. Not that He doesn't take care of the Hashem. takes care of every living being. But we are His children. We are His children. And when we say this bracha, we re- we, what do we think? 
that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us more commandments. We remind ourselves of our responsibility to be that higher person. What does it mean to be that higher person? Not to put anybody else down. But to take every creation and bring it up. To go to every human being and, and uplift them. Right? We, we hear stories of our sages and how they were so careful how, with, to treat people with respect. To treat people with dignity. Someone who's really great is not great by putting someone else down and stepping on him to get up. Someone who is truly great is able to sometimes maintaining his level go a little bit down to bring somebody else up. To show, to bring everyone in their situation to bring them to their potential. So this bracha is we're thanking Hashem for giving us the privilege to be from the people that we have so many commandments. We have so many ways to we have that unique relationship with Hashem. We have a relationship that nobody else has, a very intimate, close relationship. That even the most highest, greatest non-Jew, which is very good and and great, and and uh, you know we have Hasidi Umus Sa'ilam, you know the the righteous among the nations who have who are really good people. And are in very powerful positions. Presidents, rulers, kings, queens. But we realize that we, what we have, nobody else has. And we thank Hashem for that. We have more than all of them. Why? Because we have that level of relationship with Hashem. Because of who we are. Because of who we are chosen to be. And at the same time, to remind ourselves what a responsibility that puts on our shoulders. What an awesome responsibility we carry as the ambassadors of God in this world. You think about it, you know, we, we think that, yeah, this, you know, a Jew does something right away, it gets into the papers, something, you know, something a little off, something, uh, right, anti-Semitism, and, and sometimes certain Jews do things that, uh, whether it's right or it's wrong, sometimes it gets blown up. This demonstration, that demonstration, I'm not getting into if it's right, if it's wrong, and things like that, but why is there such a microscope? Because the world, the world does realize we're not, we're not regular. We're royal, we're royal children. We're royal children. And then therefore, yeah, we are under the microscope because we have a much bigger responsibility. We thank Hashem, thank you for, for making us yours, for making for making us your people, for making us your children. Then the third brach, Baruch Ata Hashem, Alekeinu Melech Olam, Shiloi Osani Oved, for not making me a slave, a slave to anyone, a slave to anyone besides you, besides you, Hashem. 
Not a slave to anyone, including myself. Sometimes we're slave. We think a slave is only somebody that that's being, uh, you know, chased with a whip. No, sometimes you know, an addict. Some of the people are addicted. They have no control, or it's very hard for them to get that control. And it's a, it's treatment. It's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's a job. It's a very difficult job to get out of that. That's slavery. And we're not in control. Who what are what are we? Eved Hashem. We let go of ourselves and we let let ourselves totally be taken by God. That's we'll talk about that as we get closer to Pesach. That is true freedom. We'll we'll expound on that at a later time. But thank you, Hashem, for giving me that ability to be a free man. To be a free person. And as we said before, freedom doesn't just mean, in previous lectures, freedom doesn't mean doing whatever you want. When someone is totally letting loose without any sort of structure, without any sort of any sort of obligation, that could sometimes be their greatest form of slavery. But that we're independent, we're able to do what's right at the right time. So we'll stop at this one and we'll continue from... The next bracha next week. Thank you all very much. I want to mention we also have um, on Sundays we have a Sunday school here in the morning and in the afternoon um, over here in the shul, in Ocean Avenue, between L and M. Kehilas um, Moreshes Yaakov. Something to you know if you have any anyone that may be a, a you know eligible candidate children. That is boys, girls, you can inquire and uh, hopefully you'll enjoy. Thank you very much. Looking forward to seeing everyone next week.